This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being the God of our instruction. And so, Lord, we pray that this morning you would instruct us through your word, your wonderful word, in these verses here this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Matthew chapter 26, verse 14 through 16. Then one of the 12, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the high priest, or the chief priests, and said unto them, what will you give me, and I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with, covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray them. That's our passage. Now, this part here, this starts off, the first word in our section is very important, verse 14, it's that word then. Then, because then has a message for us, because the section we've just covered, we're coming then from, which is verses six through 13, and that's one of the most wonderful highlights that happened in the life of Jesus. In that section, we saw the Lord in the house of a friend. Not just any person, this was Simon who Christ had healed from his leprosy and he wanted the whole world to know and, he wanted, and God wanted everybody to know so he forever will be known as Simon the leper, but he was a leper but Christ healed him. And in that home, as a wonderful place to be, there was a courageous woman who was not ashamed of Christ, she took her most valued possession, which was this ointment and this special alabaster uh, flask there, and she broke the flask and anointed the head of Jesus. That was wonderful, absolutely wonderful, in which her love and her devotion became immortalized. Christ said that what she did would be retold for eternity. It would ever be retold in the life of Christ on earth. This was the most wonderful act that a person could have ever done for Christ on earth because that was the only time where Christ said that she will have a memorial unto herself, nobody else. Now we come to this word then in verse 14 and when now we go from the best act that ever could have been done to Christ to the worst, the absolute worst act ever done to Christ on earth, which was the betrayal by one of his closest confidants, Judas Iscariot. Isn't that the way it is in our lives? One minute we have a wonderful thing happen to us, wonderful, and the next minute we have a then, and it's the most horrible thing. Well, that's what that word then 
conveys to us in our lives that change like the wind. Now, we really feel the pain of this betrayal when we read carefully in this verse, in this verse 14 here, this little phrase, one of the 12. One of the 12 called Judas Iscariot. That verse didn't have to say that. It did not have to introduce Judas Iscariot that way. The verse could have just said, then Judas Iscariot went on to the, high, went on to the chief priest. It could have said that, it, it could have said that, but it doesn't, it doesn't. And, and if it had said that, Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest. Okay, we would have understood it was Judas Iscariot who went to the chief priest. That would have been the end of it, that's done. But that little note there, stating that he was one of the 12, which we knew that already, but it's emphasized here. It brings home to us this pain, the sharpness of the pain of what Judas did. Judas was not just anyone, he was one of the 12, one of the 12. He was one of the 12. What does that mean, one of the 12? That means all of the 12 were invited by Christ, only the 12 were invited by Christ to be a part of his inner circle. The inside, Luke 6.13, Luke 6.13, when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, of whom he chose 12, whom he also named apostles. All of the 12 had been with Christ all the time during his three-year ministry. For the 12, there was no time at the end of the day they, when they went home. Oh, the crowds, they went home. At the end of the day, they went home. But at the end of the day, home for the 12 was where Christ was. Luke 9, 12, Luke 9, 12. When the day began to wear away, then came the 12. All of the 12, they traveled constantly throughout Israel with Christ. They were with them all the time. They were together, they were a band together. Luke 8, 1, Luke 8, 1. It came to pass afterward, he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with him. The 12 were with him. All of the 12, they ate breakfast, they ate lunch, they ate dinner with Christ. All the 12, they were publicly seen with Christ. You saw Christ, you saw the 12. Healing, counseling, preaching, whatever they were doing. All of the 12 were with Christ when the crowds left and there was a precious time, just think about it, there was a precious post-day time reviewing what happened, going over the good, going over the bad. Mark 9.35, Mark 9.35, and he sat down and called the 12 and saith unto them, if any man desire to be first, the same should be last, etc." All of the 12, they heard Christ confide in them in a very, very special way. They heard Christ confide in them how the enemies were the scribes and the Pharisees and the chief priests and the elders, he, they, they heard that. And especially in the evening time, in the evening time when Christ would give them private lessons about people, about heaven, about hell, about God the Father, about Satan, hours of private instruction he gave to them, Mac through 2620, Now when the even was come, he sat down with the 12. And so for three years, all of the, just think about it, for three years, all of those 12, every night, heard Christ say to them, good night, before they went to sleep. And for those three years, they received special powers 
and assignments of what they were to with those powers, Mark 6, 7, Mark 6, 7. He called on them the 12 and began to send them forth by two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits. For three years, there was not a question that any one of those 12 felt that they couldn't ask him and there was not a question that any of those 12 put to him that he refused to answer. Oh, there were for others. Yes, there were, because, but not for them. Why? They were part of the 12. They were part of the 12. And there were times during the day when, when Christ, even during the day, not just the evening, during the time during the day when he would just pull them aside, come on boys, over here, and he would say something in confidence to them. Matthew 20, 17, Matthew 20, verse 17. And Jesus going up to Jerusalem took the 12 disciples apart in the way and said unto them, behold, we go up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of the chief priests and unto the scribes and they shall condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock, to scourge, to crucify him. The third day he shall rise. That was because they were part of the 12. And all of the 12, like no one else, they saw Christ like no one else did. They saw Christ when he was tired. They saw Christ when he cried. They saw Christ when he was hungry and thirsty. They saw Christ when he was exhausted. They saw Christ when he was frustrated. They saw him when he was joyful, when he was thrilled. They saw him when he was mocked. They saw him when he was humiliated. They saw him when he was exalted, like on Palm Sunday. They saw Christ escape several times just to save his life. They saw it all. They saw all this in Christ because Christ openly and completely opened himself up to only those 12, only those 12. They saw Christ that way because Christ allowed himself to be seen by those 12 in every aspect of his life. All of those 12 were loved by Christ in a special way, as he said in John 13, as it says in John 13, 1, John 13, 1, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end, unto the end. And for three years, for three years, all of those 12, never saw Christ turn away from them, never. They, he, they never saw him forsake him, they never saw him disown him, they never saw him say that uh, he never knew them. All they saw in Christ for those three years was a constant, unfailing love of devotion to them. And for three years, they were gently corrected by Christ too. For three years, he didn't just let them get away with see, Mark 4.13, Mark 4.13, when they didn't understand one parable, he said, he said unto them, know ye not this parable? How then will you know all parables? And the 12 heard Christ say he was their friend. He was their friend. John 15, 14, John 15, 14, he said to them, you are my friends. You are my friends. They saw he encouraged them. He told them things which, for our, from our point of view, we would look at it and say, really? Is that really true about them? Like in Luke twenty-two twenty-eight, Luke twenty-two twenty-eight, Christ said to them, ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. That's putting a pretty good spin on things, but that's what he did. He was an encourager. He told them, because you're continuing with me, you're gonna get special rewards, 
special privileges, exalted positions in the kingdom in Luke 22, 29, Luke 22, 29. I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father hath appointed unto me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And when they were afraid, he comforted them. He said words to them, unbelievable words, like Luke 12, 32, Luke 12, 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And when it came time for the end, when it came time before he was killed, it was to the 12 that he said in Luke 22, 14, Luke 22, 14, when the hour was come, he sat down and the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles with him. These were the 12. These were the only ones who were the called, who were the qualified, who lived with him, who were tutored by him, who he listened to, who he confided in, who he evaluated, who he corrected, who he gave the special powers to, that he sent forth to preach the gospel and perform all these miracles. He made special promises to. They were the 12. So when we read this little note in verse 14, verse 14, and one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot, we're talking about one of the favored few one of the 12, and that brings the pain of this betrayal home to us so that we can feel this pain so acutely, so strongly. Same pain that David felt when he was betrayed. Christ had, uh, Christ had many enemies, many, many enemies. There were many who wished that Christ were dead, many. But one of the 12, no, that's an unbelievable thought, no. No, not, not, not one of the 12. It's so shocking. It's such a shocking thought that when he said, one of you is gonna betray me, everyone looked at themselves and said, maybe it's me, maybe it's me. Matthew 26, 20, Matthew 26, 20. Now when the even was come, he sat down with the 12, and as they did eat, he said, verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? Is it me? Is it me? I don't know, maybe it's me. The disciples had no idea, they had zero clue that it was Judas Iscariot who was gonna betray the Lord. They were so non-suspecting that it was Judas, they thought it's gotta be me before it's gonna be anybody else. Before they ever thought that Christ was referring to Judas as the betrayer, they never thought that. That was how completely they saw Judas as sold out to Christ, sold out. That's just how completely Judas looked to them. He looked like a model Christian. He was like, oh, he's a model. To the point that if you told them that it was Judas who was gonna betray Christ, they would have said, oh no, I don't think it's Judas. No, 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 no. I think it could be me before it could be Judas. You're not talking about Judas. Judas looked that good to the other 11 in the inner circle because after all, Judas was no stranger to them. They knew Judas, Judas Iscariot. They would have said, ah, closer to me than a brother. They lived with Judas Iscariot day and night. They worked with him seven days a week. They cooked food with Judas Iscariot. They ate meals with him. They, 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 they heard him snore at night. <laughs> they knew him. They knew Judas Iscariot and they were sure 
It was not gonna be Judas who's gonna betray them, but they were wrong. They were wrong. They were so wrong. Because Judas Iscariot tricked them all. He tricked them all. He deceived them all. None of these band of brothers thought for one minute that there was anything wrong with Judas Iscariot. They all would have said, Judas? Oh no, Judas, he's all right, Judas. No, leave him alone. True blue Judas. Judas is a real one for all and all for one. That's Judas. That's our brother in Christ. Judas Iscariot, good guy. I'd trust Judas Iscariot with my life. That's how much I think of Judas Iscariot. That's what they would have said. And they were all fooled into thinking that Judas Iscariot was one of them who was completely sold out for Christ, but he wasn't. He wasn't. And there's, there has been a group in the church. There is a group today in the church. There will be a group in the future in the, in the church, not small in number. Not small in number that Christ described with the word many. Many, he says in Mar Matthew 7, 21. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Now, let's just think about this a little bit. We've already talked about We've already talked about how the others viewed Judas Iscariot. Let's think about how the others in the church see this group that Christ describes as many. What do they see? They see those who are preaching their hearts out. They see the, in the name of Jesus, they see people being saved through their preaching. And the others who see them, they say, I don't preach like that in the name of Jesus Christ, they, they're really in Christ, no doubt. No doubt they're gonna be in heaven. And they see them casting out devils in Jesus' name. Others see that and they think to themselves, I never cast out a devil in the name of Jesus. And he, he's casting out devil in the name of Jesus and it's not fake. I know it because these people really are being delivered from the devils. I never, for sure they're gonna be in heaven, for sure, without a doubt. They see them doing many wonderful works in the name of Jesus Christ, and, and others look at that and they say, I've never done those kind of works before they, like they do. Absolutely, I'll see them in heaven. But the astounding truth is that there are many, Christ said, who preach and cast out devils and do many wonderful works in the name of Christ and Christ is gonna say to them in verse, in Matthew 7, 23, Matthew 7, 23, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. The fact is that all these people in that group, other many, they're saying to Christ, Lord, Lord, and they're not gonna be in heaven. No, why? They never knew Christ. They never knew Christ. Secretly, in his unseen heart, Judas Iscariot never knew Christ. He was working iniquity. Secretly, in the unseen heart of these many, they never knew Christ, and they're working iniquity. 
They're just like Judas Iscariot. They call Christ Lord. Judas Iscariot called Christ Lord. They preach in Jesus' name. Judas preached in Jesus' name. They cast out devils in Jesus' name. Judas cast out devils in Jesus' name. They did many wonderful works in Jesus' name. So did Judas. So did Judas. What's the difference? They never saw themselves as dirty, rotten sinners. They never did. They never ran to Christ to save them from their dirty, rotten sins. They never knew Christ the Savior from their sins. They said they did. They said that they knew Christ as Savior, but they didn't. Judas said he knew Christ as Savior, but he really didn't. Now, why does Christ tell us these things? Why did Christ tell us that there's this group of many in Matthew 7, 22, who do all these wonderful things? Why? Why does he say something like, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name and thy name cast out devils and thy name done many wonderful works and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, you that work iniquity. Why did Christ tell us that there are many who look like a real follower of Christ and they fool everyone and themselves also into thinking that they're really followers of Christ but they're not saved. They're not really saved. Why did Christ do this? I mean, you think about it. They got everybody tricked, including themselves. And so you have to ask the question. I mean, it just begs the question. Did Christ tell us that to make us feel insecure about our own personal salvation? Is that why he told us that? I don't think so. Not the good Christ, no. He told us that so that we'll make sure that we're not part of that group of many who do all the right things. But inwardly, they're not really saved. Not really saved. Christ told us that so that we'll do what the hymn says. The hymn says, in times like these, you need a savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure. Be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. He's the one. This rock is Jesus. He's the only one. Be very sure. Be very sure. Who determines that? Who determines if a person is going to know Christ as Savior? Who who really decides that? The person himself, not God and not Christ, Christ wants everyone to be saved. God wants everyone to be saved. 1 Timothy 2.3, 1 Timothy 2.3, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. God the Father and God the Son Jesus will have every single person to be saved. And according to 2 Peter 3.9, 2 Peter 3.9, they are not willing that one should perish in hell. But many are not saved. And many do perish in hell. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Don't look at God. Don't look at Christ. 
They want everyone to be saved. They don't want anyone in hell. Each person is responsible 100% for whether they know Christ as Savior. Each person is responsible to be saved. Judas Iscariot was 100% responsible to know Christ as Savior. Judas Iscariot was responsible to be saved. God did not foreordain, elect, or predetermine, or whatever word Calvin wants to come up with. He did not do that for Judas Iscariot to betray Christ and to be damned forever. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.